The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, I'm, I'm going crazy right now because I can hardly hear myself at all. Like these headphones, I, I literally, if I could eat these headphones and then shit them out and step in them, I would. I hate not being able to hear myself, even though people who have to hear me know it's a blessing. We also have a, a very good uh, show. Over the next couple of shows, Matt, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the UFC moment of the year. We are going to be looking at uh, fighter of the year, just kind of taking our picks on that knockout of the year and fight of the year over the next couple episodes. And uh, today we have uh, comedian Adam Ray. We also have Megan Alevi joining us. Um, and we'll be discussing a couple of our picks for these things. I've been, I've been waiting for you, Adam Ray. What's that song? It's Billy Ray, but what's that? For? You, you got to know what, what comedy that's from. I don't know, actually. I've been waiting for you, Adam Ray. All right. It's not, I know I, I said it twice, not to make you. Yeah, I know you didn't know it, but just to confirm that you didn't know it. No, no. Adam's ready whenever you are. All right. Well, let's get him in. But that was from Trading Places. It wasn't Adam Ray. I believe it was Billy Ray. But hey, man, welcome to UFC Unfiltered, Jimmy. Yep. Hey, I'm going to be missing you when we're done with these. We're going to be done soon for these shows. We have another one. Yep. And then. That's it. Are you gonna? Are you one of those? Because you're a comedian, are you one of those guys that says, "Hey, I'll see you next year"? Are you one of those guys? Yeah, but I say it in June, and I, it's always nice. All right, Adam Ray. Hey, Adam, how you doing, oh, guys? Man? How are you? Good to see you. Hi, Adam. What's up, Maddie? Uh, do and I sound all right? Some, yeah, you sound good, but I can tell you broadcast because you have a good microphone set up. You got your name in the back, so that's how I know somebody <laughs> is comfortable broadcasting. Yeah, yeah, plenty of wires, some Ninja Turtles, just to show that I don't get any pussy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. <laughs> I see one Ninja Turtle behind you. Yeah, you got the whole cast in there. It's just there it a box is. of some bullshit. Yeah, man. My buddy painted that. So oh, oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Were you, were you a fan? Oh, big fan. Yeah. I mean, the first move when the first movie came out, I mean, God, what was I probably nine years old? You know, there's a, a handful of things cinematically, and I feel like in sports wise, where I'm like, I'm glad I was at the right age to like yeah. see that at that time. Like, uh, and and that movie, I mean, shit, I I was I would definitely look around sewers for a while 
hoping to see actual turtles come out. That says a lot about like just, you know, the school I went to and, you know, the intelligence I was working with where I was like, they're real. This is based on a true story, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I loved it. I love the movie. Hey man, I don't think it, it is about the right age. I, I'm a big kid too, but I don't think, I don't think secret of the ooze will age. Well, I don't think that's, nah, gonna, they tried to get, throw that in on a, on a boring night. You probably Well, not to nerd too, too much out on it, but the first one I guess was so indie and like raw and they had actual, like they still had martial artists in the suits for the, for the second one. But apparently they the big note was to like make it super kid friendly. That's why they were like, Ain't nothing says kid friendly like Vanilla Ice. Yeah, the sequel to fucking you know the Ninja, the Ninja Rap. Rap. It caught on though, man. It's you know. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a who yeah. doesn't love it? <laughs> <laughs> it's who let the dogs out. Uh, 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 what a wonderful world. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, the Ninja, Ninja Turtle Rap. Rap. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you're on um, you you're on Young Rock. You play uh, Young Vince McMahon. Yeah. And how much interaction? Because uh, I, I, I like the Rock we've talked to. I don't know him. Uh, I, I know you. I guess you deal with him on set. And have you actually spent time with Vince to kind of get him down at all? I haven't yet, but I've heard um, from uh, from Dwayne. I mean, just countless him and the rest of the uh, the guys who put the show together, um, his you know production team, just countless stories about him to kind of help uh, shape it. I'm going to speak with them and hopefully actually uh, see them uh, and kind of sit down and just you know, have some cocktails and, and get into it uh, a little bit more before I go. Cause season two, it takes you through when, uh, you know, he's out of university of Miami and he's now like fully into the wrestling world. Right. So that's, that's why Vince is going to be a lot bigger part of this season, which, which is cool. Um, Cause you know, he, he just, uh, you know, wasn't too much in it when, when he, uh, before he, he went to Memphis and just started really becoming the rock. That's when Vince kind of makes his appearance. And so, um, but there's a lot to unfold there, man. I mean, just their, their relationship, how he championed him, uh, just into, uh, into the sport and kind of was, you know, more or less a father figure for him. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that, that I, that he's told me that, um, that I was shocked at how much they're going to actually like show that in the show. Um, so that'll be cool. And you're an uh, MMA fan, or are you, are you like a WWE fan? Because I, I used to watch it when I was a kid. I don't watch it much anymore. Uh, yeah. MMA is kind of what I watch now. Do you watch both, or do you watch one more than the other? Probably more MMA. I mean, I definitely uh, I definitely had a whole doll and some fucking, uh, you know. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I up until about probably high school, and then I started tuning out and, uh, and, and chasing other stuff. But uh, MMA now, yeah, I mean... Um, you know, and, and I did this podcast with, with Chuck Liddell for a little bit, and that really like took things up a notch because I, again, just when you're around somebody that much and you can get just more daily insight and stories, um, it just makes you want to kind of go back down rabbit holes and just tune in and, and pay attention to a lot more of like even just stat wise than I was before. You don't do that anymore, that podcast, Icebreakers with Icebreakers. Yeah, no, we we they put a rap on season one. And I think, we, you know, we had some cool ones, man. We had, you know, Anderson Silva and uh, and uh, and and Dana White and Matthew McConaughey. And and uh, it was dope, man. Chuck is such a you forget how, you know, he's a, a Hall of Famer, man. And, and how much how much people like adore that guy and just want to be around him. I mean, seeing Chuck like geek out to McConaughey and be like, you know, my favorite, my favorite movie is how to lose a guy in 10 days, man. I just, I, I fucking, I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, I mean, so Anderson Silva told us some, some bonker stories, uh, too. And he was actually training for camera. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that guy, I, and he probably is in my top three all time MMA fighters. I just, something about like, and obviously, we you know, getting that spider nickname, like the way 
the way um, I can't remember what uh, what match uh, it was against me was um, uh, Henderson, uh, I think, in uh, what, 2007 or 2008, when he just had the full it was wrapped around him and choking him out. I mean, I, that that to me is some of the coolest shit. I, I, I geek out on that. That and kicks and and um, I mean, m- pretty much all of it. I, I don't know how much of you guys look at it and go, I can't physically fucking pull off any of these moves. I can literally do none of it. But I do. I think my favorite thing to watch are leg kicks, I guess, because yeah. you don't see them in boxing and leg kicks are just so brutal and it's something I'm not used to seeing in my whole life in professional sports or professional competition. So when I started watching like guys like Edson Barboza and mm. Jose Aldo and the way they would kick legs, it, it yeah. just, it kind of was really my, still my favorite thing to watch. It also feels like a roll of the dice. I just feel like, I mean, even with Connor in that last one, it's like, I mean, I guess it's, it was probably getting pretty worn down, but it's uh, seeing a good kick is like the first time you saw two girls, one cup. You're like, wow, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen this before. Oh, I think you're gonna say it makes you hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you immediately want to show it to some kids, you know, because you're like, this is r- rare raw footage. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, did you watch this weekend at all, Derek Lewis? I neither one of us picked him, Matt. We we both had oh, uh, Dawkins. No, because I figured like I didn't realize it was a thirty pound weight difference. I'm such a dope. I didn't realize it was like two sixty five, uh, uh, two thirty five. That's a massive difference. It is right. I mean, you guys probably know this better than me, but I mean, like how much going into it, like, I mean, versus like, you know, uh, Portier, who, you know, at 155 versus 265. Is that like, is that ever a true? uh, I mean, how much uh, obviously, you know, huge weight and size and strength advantage, but like is um, do you always pick the guy that's that's bigger? Well, I mean, there's not going to be a I don't know what weight difference you said right there, like a Connor. Well, yeah, they would never match up, but I mean, like, yeah, but but. Even even thirty pounds, like Jim said. Well, like, look, how that... about this? Sometimes there's a weight classes for a reason. You know what I mean? I mean, but look at Marvin Vittori basically fought up a weight class. Yeah, when right. He fought, when he fought um, Costa, uh, Costa, Paulo Costa, he basically guy weighed in literally like I think the uh, the light heavyweight was two oh oh five. I think the guy weighed like two oh four, something ridiculous, and his weight class was one eighty five. It was something insane. So there is times when the guy will persevere the smaller guy but like i said there's weight classes for a reason you're not going to put a uh a conor mcgregor versus a um you know a fucking steve baby oh chick you know actually it's not those days are over unless Japan comes back with those fucking freak shows like yeah. they had back in the day japan was known for doing some wacky shit you had genki sudo versus butterbean you had some weird <laughs> shit over there <laughs> I won't always go with the heavier guy, no, but in a, in a heavyweight, because there's such a, you can have a 30 pound weight difference there. Um, it's hard. Like, we looked at Stipe and Francis. Stipe went lighter, hoping that would, I guess, give him speed. And it, and it didn't help. And the punching power is so much. The 30 pounds is just such a massive advantage that when a guy who hits as hard as Derek Lewis hits to know he's fighting somebody 30 pounds younger. I would never take anybody 30 pounds younger against Derek Lewis. Uh, yeah. If Dawkins was like 250 and he was fighting somebody 220, maybe I would take them at 220. I don't know. Did you uh, did you read this thing that um, that Lewis said about, I guess Dawkins was a cop for 10 years? Philly, and yeah. He's, yeah, and he said this was, uh, he was fighting for Rodney King. And then he said, you know, not every day you get to, get to punch a cop. And so there was like <laughs> extra fuel to the fire for that whole fight, which... I mean, I guess you're trying to pull it from wherever you can get it, but that feels like pretty good motivation. Yeah. Plus, Derek Lewis did time. Um, he, he, he did time in jail. Yeah. He was his 10 year anniversary, I guess, it, when his Houston Whoa. fight of getting out of prison. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Oh. So, extra meaning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and not about the, uh, the caucus was on a, uh, 
he was doing well. I mean, oh yeah, he was he was knocking out people. Also, he was. Oh yeah, confidence was high. And sometimes when you see a guy like that up and coming, you know, you've seen Derek Lewis, you know, sometimes not not show up to be in the best. Well, no, how about this? You've seen him sometimes, you know, be on the worst end of the stick more often because he's been around more often. So you've seen him with like, but it's always the best guys that are beating him. That's what we keep forgetting. That's right. We've seen him lose or get tired or whatever it is. Then you've seen this up and comer. You're like, you forget just how dangerous Derek Lewis is. I mean, the guy, the way, this, the way he timed that punch with um, Curtis Blades. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're in my head, you little bird. <laughs> it's like when he, the way he timed that uppercut. I mean, he's an intelligent guy. His fight IQ. He likes, he's the king of, you think he's at one pace and all of a sudden he'll do a fucking jumping, flying high kick. Like yeah. he's, he's got some quick, he's got some great, um, he's, his, his um, athleticism is. Oh, he's a lot more agile than I would have Yeah, than you would think, you yeah. know, you think you're dealing with like a, like a slow type. Yeah. Sloth guy. And all it's evenly fast. Explodes, you know, so I don't most, know. Most KOs in UFC history now, right? I think so, as a heavyweight at least, but I think the most, um, is it the most, uh, you know what, I probably should know that, maybe our producer could get that. I think as a heavyweight, it's definitely, I think he he tied for the record and he obviously just broke it. Uh, yeah. Yes, with 13. Now, is that is that most uh, Antonio ever or by just by a heavyweight? I'm going to guess by, I mean, how most many fucking, time. yeah, how many bantamweights wow. are knocking out fucking 13 people? Um, and also, uh, Adam, uh, one question too, we, we yeah. were uh, going to ask you too, we're having different guests on over the next couple of episodes. I love it. To, to uh, uh, what, what what would your pick be for the UFC moment of the year? There's a lot of options, obviously, but have you looked at some of the choices, or do you have a choice of your own? Are there some choices you want to throw at me, and I can maybe uh, pick one from that? Um, okay. Um, did they give these to you in advance? No, but that's all right. Just okay. Spit a few at me. No, I know, but why? Why would they want the guest to have time to think about it? They're just like, here, <laughs> go ahead, attack him with this when he walks in the room. I mean, look, I any Connor fight always for me like was. Uh, a big event like I don't it was probably I mean I know it's always fun to like get a nice uh party going for any uh Saturday night fight but like every for whatever reason every time I I watched uh, uh I've watched one has been like you know like the, like this last one was at uh, was at West Palm Beach Improv and we were able to get it up on the big screen and like and get the whole staff to come in and we were able to bring a bunch of people in and it was just like almost like packed like a show and we all watched it in there and it was it uh, those always feel like larger than life events. And so I really dig it because of that. Um, and also just, you know, what was at stake? Uh, that was kind of I mean, there was there was more going on outside of the ring. Why? That was my my favorite moment. Um, obviously, it was it was short lived. But um, what else is on the list there? There's a couple of really good ones. Max Holloway shouting I'm the best boxer in the UFC while avoiding strikes on route to. Uh, to a, a, a unanimous decision victory. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's up there for sure. Piotr Jan, uh, this was one of the big, this was the one until I thought of another one. This was the one I was going to take committing that illegal knee over Aljamain Sterling uh, and losing via DQ just because it was such a crazy way to have a belt change hands. Right. Um, again. What the hell is that question? Oh, UFC moment of the year. Doesn't oh, mean it has okay. to be the best moment of the year, but to me, that was the most unique moment of the year uh, was a championship changing hands, um, an illegal knee by the, by the downed uh, challenger. What were the, what was the, the ins and outs of, of why it was an illegal knee? Uh, he was, he was just, he was a downed opponent. It was a very clearly, and, and the referee, yeah. I think was, uh, who was the referee? Was that Mark Smith was his name? I think uh, if I remember correctly, he warned him. Uh, Great that he's, 
he's downed. He, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is, is it Mark? Is Smith or am I incorrect? Uh, I I'm going, but, yeah, but, but he told him he was downed and he threw the knee anyway. It was a terrible mental blunder by Piotr Jan. And Piotr was winning the fight. Yeah. Um, Diaz almost knocking out Leon Edwards in the final minute. Um, Dana riding a bull and Dean almost getting killed by a bull uh, on Dana White looking for a fight. Or after a nasty about a COVID, uh, uh, Shemaev returning and uh, uh, knocking uh, uh, Jing Leon and uh, in talking to him mid-fight and picking him up and slamming him down in front of Dana. What, what do you think, uh, Adam or Matt? Matt, go for it. And by the way, where the fuck is this list on my thing? Sorry, Adam. That's okay. It should be under Adam's. Uh, again, these are just suggestions, uh, which I thought they were sending our guests so they would have time to mull it over. Um but there's one that's not even on here that I'm going to take. But what do you got, Matt? Oh, that's interesting. There's one that you're not going to take. That's right. All right. Uh, for the, and this is the moment of the year? Why do, you, Just, why do we start with the hardest thing, the moment of the I know, year? I, I know. I feel it's negative if you pick the thing with – I don't even know why that's on there, the Peter Yan thing. Well, it, because it was a moment – it wasn't a good moment, but it was still a moment. It was something unique. Although I'm taking, I'll tell you what mine is: Glover Teixeira uh, oh. uh, winning the uh, light heavyweight championship at his age and with the comeback he has made. I, I don't think there was a better or more important moment or a more encouraging moment uh, because every fighter who's over the age of 33 or 35 can go fuck, man. Look yeah. what you can do in, in, yeah. at a resurgence in your career after a few losses. Yeah, we haven't really seen that before, right? I mean, right. the amount of people that probably now feel like they can still strap it on and go in there, right? Yeah. I mean, Cormier was still fighting very well as he was getting up there. And there's a few guys that were fighting. I mean, Anderson fought for a while. But, I mean, to win the belt at that, I mean, it was just, it was crazy to watch. Is there, like, a Tom Brady equivalent in MMA? Like, who, like, I guess, it, like, to be that successful at that age? Or, I mean, has anybody even gotten up there? Nah. No. Yeah, no. Like that. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, if they do, they're gonna have like a ten losses or so. I mean, yeah, you just can't, right? It's just you, your body's just enduring a difference. Uh, well, Tom Brady lost a few. Tom Brady like lost a few Super Bowls too. Like he's not. I mean, I think he was like, am I crazy to say he was like seven and three or seven and four in Super Bowls? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard with the, the team sport thing. I, yeah, I mean, you could MMA is such a sport where even the top top guys they look like they're never going to lose whether it's anderson silver or whoever then, then next thing you know it's they, you know i don't like to name other guys too who are constantly still fighting and stuff but it starts to get like oh man you know yeah there's a certain it's like listen habib is a guy that you know he's the closest thing to uh you know because he, he retired undefeated you know and he took all challenges but listen i was there for that max holloway look away saying i'm the best boxer yeah and uh people going nuts oh you know what it was it was in a very limited it was in abu dhabi fight island and it was in a limited um arena so we had people there but it was still not like a full stadium or anything but i remember i was cage side so for me that was because when you point out to a punch here and a punch there and this guy almost finished the fight i love the nate diaz thing that was what you talk about in a fight that he lost that fight that that made that would, that everybody always only talked about that punch that was wild, but you know, I never seen anybody do that the way. And if people talk to each other, but he actually talked to the broadcast uh, table. I'm the best boxer, and he moves out of his head. And he, and he fuck. It was wild, but 
I would say that, in, but you, you brought up Glover, and I have to agree with you, Jimmy. That cannot be overlooked. I don't think it's talked about enough. It's crazy. And it's a guy that, if you look at his story, because of visa issues and whatever, he was stuck in Brazil in his prime. Three like, years, he right? Couldn't get over here. So he didn't start fighting in the uh, in the UFC until he was in his late 30s. So I think that benefited him just to get more reps over there before he came over here? No. Or held him back? I don't know because, you know, he was Chuck Liddell's sparring partner and they wanted him here because he was just – when he was in his prime, he was a just – freak. You know, think about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So he could have been – and he was destroying everywhere else. So for that – you know, young, raw fucking Glover to be in the UFC would have been wild. But you got an old lion. Like, you know what I mean? He's still taking out the young bucks. I was there. I think it was, no, it wasn't the same event, but it was in Abu Dhabi. And I was cage side when Jan Blahovic, who's a very intense individual, and he's known for yelling up in his opponent's faces. And before, in the, in the cage, he walks across and he gets right up in their face and he does the fucking slice of the neck thing. And people have to, so he did that to Glover right up in his face. And he's like, a, this guy's like a bull. And he came out with a storm. And I see Glover just weather it. And this is what happens. This is why you root for him. He's like, it's almost like a Rocky movie. Like he weathers that fucking, that storm. And next thing you know, he gets on top and he starts beating the shit out of him. And he strangles him. He, listen, I'll tell you, Glover, him winning the title is definitely hands down my George Foreman when he uh when 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 he was fighting late in his career but I, I oh, find yeah. it even more impressive because he was such a slugger and had you know again he could punch a hole through a fucking building whereas in MMA there are so many other ways to lose as well there's so many more ways to be punished so I I put Glover even above that uh you said that Dana on the bull was was one of the uh options yeah yeah well Dana wasn't on a bull Dean Thomas dodged a bull and me and Dana it was Dana's bull but Dana did go on a bowl yeah. years yeah. ago. 2016, yeah. I know I bet my mom uh, uh, that Dana would uh, get on a bowl by the time he was 60, and we bet each other. The loser had to eat 100 uh, milligrams of THC. My mom's still in a coma, so if you guys uh, <laughs> can donate to the Kickstarter to get her some uh, Jamba Juice to wake up. Yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> so wait, did last... Dana not ride a bowl this year? Absolutely not, my little bird. No, that's well, that's old, on the, that's it's on the sheet. It was Maybe on just an all time rode, wait, Hold on, that he rode a bull? Matt, go, go down to letter G. Tell me I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong, G. Dana T- rides letter a G. bull. Dean almost gets killed by a bull as a rodeo clown on Dana. Dana rides a bull. Once again, <laughs> our top notch producers make yeah, you really Jimmy look like a little <laughs> moron. <laughs> I'm well just reading them. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy. You're right. I, I, you first of all, you're not a moron. You just no, you're being professional. I would trust what was in front of me, what was written in front of me. I thought it was a little slip when you said it first, because I mm-hmm. obviously know the guy didn't jump on a bowl. He did. Hey, listen, he did. If anybody wants to go back in the archives and watch Dana White looking for a fight on YouTube, we did ride a bowl, but it was like fucking five years ago. Oh, sorry. Let me say this. I thought this was. The moments, best moments of the uh, UFC moment of the year. It meant UFC moment of a year, any year. I guess yeah. I, for some reason, I just thought it was 2021. My apologies. Wow, Jimmy. Have, have you guys had Chuck uh, on the show? I'm sure you have, yeah? For the podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
quick Chuck Liddell story. We were both, we were, uh, we started doing the show in Austin and he came to uh, my shows down there. And uh, there was, you know, uh, Austin's obviously th- this uh, spot is the Vulcan gas company was right on the uh, sixth street strip. And so there's All just right. a lot of chaos. So there's a group of about 10 frat dudes that are just fucked up. And anytime, you know, I'm doing my crowd work, I try to kill it with kindness at first and give them chances and try to include the distraction and keep the crowd on my side before I have to yep. lay down the hammer. And, and these guys were just pretty obnoxious. We're lipping back. So I'm, you know, handle it uh, pretty well. And then uh, finally, uh, one of them started really lipping off and uh, Chuck was at the show and I kept going back and forth in my head where I was like, God, should I fucking like, should I like snap my finger? Like, how much do you think Chuck is in sync with me right now? If I were just like, Chuck, do you mind handling this? Like stand up. So the guys stand up and as they're kicking them out, I go, I go, Chuck, I go, do you mind just like, you know, giving like helping these guys, uh, you know, just get out the door, make sure they know where the X is. And he goes, yeah, no problem. And you see this voice in the back and he just kind of stands up and these guys are walking out and this kid's fucked up. And he just goes, holy shit, Chuck Liddell. And Chuck just goes, shut the fuck up, get out of here. Just kind of <laughs> grabs him and shows him to the exit. And Chuck afterwards was like, you know, he's like, man, you should have brought me on stage. You should have like told me to go over there and like fucking put him in a headlock. And I was like, dude, I didn't know what you were like down for, but just his presence, dude, you saw in these kids' eyes just were like terrified. His voice, his body, like, and you know, even as he grabbed me, and it was a great like balance of the kids fanning out, but also like, you know, just scared for their lives. They were just they were hard and 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 pissing out of their ass at the same time. You know? <laughs> He's a Chuck is a menace. I, I did a set at the a improv. Very sweet guy, but he has a menacing presence. I did a set at the improv in LA many years ago, and Chuck and Dana came. And afterwards, I was talking to Chuck in the hallway. And you know how Chuck is, he leans in. He's like, ah, you know, he's just a he's a giant oh, he's man. Constantly moving, yeah. And people walking out were watching this, and every one of them was like looking, they really thought that he was confronting me. <laughs> about something because you're watching two people talk and you can't really hear you can only see body language so yeah. they really thought that i was being confronted by this jet no one said a fucking word too chuck could have been smacking me putting his thumb in my mouth nobody said a word to help me oh, so yeah. yeah if you just if you watch chuck liddell in public on mute you'd constantly feel like he was trying to talk his uh, his way out of a parking ticket like he's just always like back and then he's in, in your face a little bit even if it's like a sweet compliment he's like fucking right in your face and it's uh yeah that size i it's He's almost bigger in person. I don't know how. I mean, a lot of respect for anybody that ever hopped in the ring with him. Holy shit. And uh, Adam, what are you uh, promoting? We have uh, Megan O'Leary yeah. coming in very shortly. And uh, you got to come back on with us, man, when we have more time, too. This is a fun hang, and you're a real man. fan. No, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of you guys, man. So it was a, Thank a, you. a treat, treat to get the Zoom link. Um, I'm on a, a cartoon right now called Crossing Swords. It's on Hulu. It's uh, made by the Robot Chicken guys. It's a real filthy medieval time stop motion animation <laughs> show. Uh, Tony Hale's on it. Seth Green, Breck and Meyer, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Um, and... Uh, and that's out now. And then Young Rock premieres uh, March 15th. And then I'm on the show Pam and Tommy that comes out on Hulu um, in uh, February. It's about Pam Anderson and Tommy yeah. Lee, uh, that Seth Rogen produced and stars in. Uh, and then, Who are you uh, playing? My, what's that? I'm playing Jay Leno. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's uh, there's about three, four episodes where he's, you know, a big part of where Pam goes on The Tonight Show. And, oh. that's a, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it was like, don't mention it. You know, and then he brings it up. So it's like this, you know, the, I don't want to put you in a spot. Could you, could you give us a letter? Could you fucking? 
Uh, so here we are. We got a great show tonight. We got uh, Jim Norton. We got Matt Thera. I don't know you pronounce it with a C or an S. He's kind of an asshole for making you guess how you spell his fucking name. But so here we go. We got, uh, oh, oh, here's something. I don't know if you heard about this, Kevin. Apparently 42% of women, yeah, 42% of women uh, like to have sex after dinner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sex with Ben and Jerry. Boy, boy, it's a tough crowd in here, Kevin. I think I get the middle seat on Malaysian Airlines. Yeah, it's a really it's great. Uh, tough room, yeah. That's a fucking good J. It's a yeah, great, uh, great J, man. They, yeah, they, we had to find the nice, the, the balance of like how much lisp to have in there and how Perfect. much uh, but the full prosthetic and then to all my tour dates adamraycomedy.com will be an az for christmas at stand up live in uh the vegas uh laugh factory for uh for new year's thanks buddy it's good talking Dude, to you adam to i'm sure you, we'll man. talk to you again big fans i appreciate it all right everybody. be good man Bye, thanks take buddy. care the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand do you want a beautiful lawn Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, Megan. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Very, very good. Uh, what are you doing for the holidays? Anything uh, phenomenal do you guys have planned? No, I'll be going to Seattle because I work a Seahawks game on the 26th. So, Wait, what else do you do besides uh, MMA? You have another sports job? Yeah, I work um, for NFL on Fox. So I do football sidelines. So I just came back from Detroit who beat the Cardinals. Uh, That's right. Yeah, so... Not a lot of sleep during football season, but it's all right. My Cowboys beat the Giants, too. And uh, I say my Cowboys. I forgot they were playing. Uh, <laughs> I've watched maybe one minute of one game. I'm a shit fan. I'm a terrible bandwagon fan. My husband's a Cowboys fan, and I'm a Giants fan. So it's always oh. fun in our house. Yeah. <laughs> do you, now, did you grow up on football? You like how much do you, yeah. like, do you involved in football? That's, that's wild. I didn't know yeah. That. Yeah. I was always, I mean, I've been a, a sports fan my whole life. Like that's a brick from Yankee stadium. And, um, uh. I'm definitely the sports fan in our household. My husband just like entertains me with it. Like he'll like, let me watch baseball and stuff, but I love sports. So it was always just inevitable. I would do something, but with the football, I don't know. It just, <clears throat> I was doing a good job with UFC on Fox and they need, they wanted to give a bunch of people auditions. And so they gave me a game and then that was four years ago and I've just never stopped getting games. So it's cool. Are you doing sideline stuff too? Like you were, like you do, you're so good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. That's uh that's my role. So I, I do sidelines. I'll have like 12 games this year. My, my main team is Gus Johnson and Akib Tlaib who played for the Broncos and, and the Rams. So yeah, it's fun. One of the things we're going to do, uh, Megan, is we've been talking in these uh, last couple episodes about a few like uh, best of the year. And uh, we're talking about a fighter of the year. Uh, there's some options they gave us. You may have one of your own. Brandon Moreno, uh, Rose, 
Valentina Shevchenko, Juliana Pena because of her beating uh, Amanda Oliveira, Kamaru Usman. Um, so if you have any thoughts on that, uh, you probably have better thoughts than Matt and I do. <laughs> no, I, well, number one, I love that it's a difficult choice to make. That just means we have so many incredible talents on the roster. I think it makes sense to pick Kamaru. He's had three huge title defenses, a very active champion, which you love to see because a lot of times we see our champions fight one or two times a year. Um, and then like you mentioned, Juliana, Rose Valentina, the ladies certainly representing for, uh, you know, their different weight classes and the things that they've accomplished. But for me personally, I'm picking Charles Oliveira. I think, um, what he was able to do against Michael Chandler to secure the belts and then to finish off the year defending the belt against a guy like Dustin Poirier. And I like to take in what Dustin then did the rest of this year as well, defeating Conor McGregor twice in spectacular fashion. And I think Charles is such a great example of a UFC champion. He's got a story that he never gave up. He took the long, bumpy, hard road to championship, uh, to to his championship. And I just want to share this sentiment because this really secured his place for me as fighter of the year. I was interviewing him. We were just about to get started um, after he won the belt a couple of weeks ago here in December. And he was crying, but like a sad cry. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I don't speak Portuguese. So we have a a lovely interpreter who was there to help. And I said, what's he upset about? He said, he just found out Amanda lost. And he was so upset about his friend, even though he just had this incredible title defense for the first time. It really just solidified to me, like what kind of person and character he is as well. And for me, that goes miles. Um, And so he's my fighter of the year for what he's done in the octagon, the person he is out of the octagon. I just think he's the best. I love his story. I think he's a great example to other athletes. And he, he moved up weight classes and look at the world he's found at 155 compared to 145. So he's my guy. Well, that story, Jimmy, almost made me cry. And the opposite, it would have the opposite effect. Like when Charles was crying, it was all sweet. If I started tearing about that little story, I think also we'd see Megan's screen go blank. She'd, just, she'd be like, oh, this is pathetic. I'm at, you know. you'd, you'd see an ad go up real quick. Matt Sarah needs a co-host. I wouldn't. <laughs> you have to look at and it's no offense to Masvidal, that KO was amazing. And nobody's yeah. done that to Masvidal. That, that, that alone is amazing. But with Charles, you have to look at who he fought. That's one. And who, what, I mean, look at the list. Uh, how many guys, who was, when would he fight Tony Ferguson? What was that? That was, I want to say the end of 2020. Yeah. That wasn't in the year. No, he fought, I think, just uh, Chandler. Chandler and Poirier this year. Well, that alone. And then, yeah. look, and, and, and finishing them both. And then when you look at his story, and I and I, the one thing that stands out is that the first he, he went like first he was like ten and eight, and then the last, now he's ten and zero in the last in his last ten fights, uh, or is he eleven and zero? Oh no, he's ten and zero. But it's just amazing. It's just I love that. I love like an underdog and perseverance. I love all that. And that's he's just, so sweet. Yeah, it's so great the way that just all went down for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he really found himself in there. He's never been more confident. And with somebody with so many ups and downs, you, you think he, he, he if he would have had a shot, he would have had it already. But he's never looked better. And, he, and look at the guys he's taken out. So I'm with you on that, Megan. I think uh, Charles Oliveira. I'm taking uh, Kamaro. I'm going to take Usman just because three title defenses. For sure. To, to knock out Masvidal uh, and to TKO Gilbert Burns. And then to beat Colby again. Um, I mean, he, he also went through three really, really tough fighters 
Um, and to TKO Gilbert was very impressive. So, yeah, I'm going to take him just because he had three title defenses as opposed to two fights, one extra fight. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pick. I mean, because, you know, you could kind of find. What did you think, too, about uh, there's a lot of finishes. This uh, this Saturday's card was absolutely Ooh. incredible. Hey, I, I just want to throw in there. Sure. And, and uh, Megan, you can add in. Yo, what about Cub Swanson? Yep. Wow. For sure. Wow, man. Amazing. Accurate and throwing different different looks at him. Switch. I mean, he's always yeah. dances. But then just the way it finished, it was like a video game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Darren's just known for being durable. And, and he was trying to hang in there. But he would not let him off the hook. He didn't rush in. And he was so measured that he even ended it with a spinning kick. It was I was I was floored. I was like, I was just yelling, like, whoa. I thought it was wild. It was incredible. And you know, when we talked to Cub before the fight, he was like, everybody makes this mistake with Darren Elkins where they think they can knock him out immediately. So they throw everything they have and then they end up going into these three round wars and they can't keep up. And that is not what he did. I talked to him backstage. He's like, yeah, I threw at 80%. It worked out. And then I just kept on him. But interesting. I don't know if you guys heard him say this. He's thinking about moving to 35. He wants to move down. Wow. Did he give a reason for that? He said he's inspired by Jose Aldo. He said, I've been fighting at 45 for a really long time. I think he is still driven by title ship aspirations or title aspirations. Um, and I don't know if he thinks the path is easier there. It's new blood. It's more fun. I'm not sure. But he said, I I think a lot of people expected him to maybe move up as he got older. But nope, he said he wants to move down and he thinks he can do it. So he told the UFC it'll be interesting to, to find out, you know, what sort of path he stays on these last couple of years of his career. And am I remembering correctly, too, to, to, because you just said something about guys who try to they, they will try to finish uh, Elkins too fast. Wasn't there a moment where they came up where it looked like Cub backed off a little bit? Not that he walked away, but you could see he was even more. Pa- I was surprised by how patient he was at one point when El- he was letting Elkins back up. Yes, because I think he also maybe was not sure if the ref was going to stop it at that point. But you're right. He he absolutely did that. And I think it was a smart plan. He conserved his energy. He didn't let his own, you know, emotions or anything get too amped up. And he just knew, all right, I have him where I want him. I'm going to be able to finish him. I mean, he made it look easy against a guy that has, you know, been in the deepest of deep waters with some of the toughest guys in his division. It was wild. And has there been a time, maybe Matt, I don't know if either one of you remember this. It looked, I think there was three fights ended by kicks. Obviously, I mean, Elkins, I think was kind of finished anyway, but that spin kick from Cub and uh, uh, Taffa Hunsecker and also... Uh, Eubanks uh, uh, getting uh, body kicked by uh, Melissa Gatto. Uh, has that ever happened before where three fights were ended by kicks? I can't remember that. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, we had some statistics. I know that this was a card with, you know, some of the most finishes that there's ever been, um, which is always fun because it's kind of those cards that are slept on and yep. people are not expecting much from them. And then they just turn out to be a phenomenal night of entertainment. Uh, but that's actually a really good question. I don't know. And uh, Mohammed, you know, we we obviously love Thompson. What a what a just what a smothering, exhausting guy he is to fight, Bilal Mohammed. I mean, that was a very impressive because uh, you don't see uh, again. It was a smaller octagon, so maybe it was a little harder for for Wonder Boy to move around. But you don't see him uh, smothered like that. Even Tyron Woodley, who is known for such amazing uh, wrestling, he couldn't do that to to Thompson for for three rounds. Yeah. 
I loved that. Matt, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm agree. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying Gilbert Burns fought similar. He ended up utilizing his grappling, you know? So I don't know, you know, against, against Wonderboy. Yeah. And in the past, like you said, really good grapplers weren't able to. So, I mean, you know, I, listen, he's, he's, how old is Wonderboy now? 39. Oh, 30. Well, he's already done. Wonder Man so. every time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think you know if, if he slows down a little bit, these guys are getting a hold of him. But he still looked good, in the, especially yeah. like he, the stuff he was throwing in there in the very in the beginning. Especially, I was like, oh, he's looking so crisp. But then I guess you know that that game is exhausting, though. Just fighting somebody off, and when they finally get you down, it's like, oh, fuck. give me a second. So I don't know. I, I feel for Wonder Boy. I still think he's gonna, you know. Uh, possess problems for uh, for future opponents, but you got to give Muhammad, allow Muhammad some his yeah. due, though, man. He is coming through, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know that eye poke he had with uh, Leon yeah, Edwards. Yeah. Before that eye poke, the fight wasn't really going well for him. You know, yeah. that's the only like you know little fucking dent in the armor there. Yeah. Oh, he's two months shy of 39. So he'll be 39 in February. Wonder boy. But, but, you know, I think Bilal is, is so talented and maybe just, I don't know why he doesn't get the credit he's maybe due. I don't know if it's because he hasn't been able to keep facing certain guys in the top 15 or what it may be, but he is so talented. He's so good. Um, And I'd be, I'd be interested to see, you know, how they match him up in 2022. He trains at the same gym as Juliana Pena and, so it's a small team, but they clearly game plan really well. They they are smart, well-knit little group there. And um, I feel like that we're going to see a lot of success coming out of that Chicago gym in the next year or so. He's not with Duke Rufus no more, or is he? No, he trains. He trains um, it's Valley Flow. You know, Mike Valley Flow. Um, that's his striking coach, and that's his. That's their main gym there in Chicago. And they're finding they're finding a lot of success. And I think they just do a really great job of film study and then getting their training partners to replicate what they may see in the octagon. That's that was a big theme between both Bilal and Juliana um, as they talked to us in their lead up to their fight. The coach's name is Mike Valley Flow. Yeah. <laughs> last name is Valley Flow. Yeah, I think I, I think that's his real last name, unless he made that up. That'd be a great one to make up. Hey, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it kind of sounds hippie-ish. Yeah, unless it's just Mike Valley and he added the flow. Oh, yeah, Mike Valley and then he added the flow. Yeah. Oh, I, I listen, I like it. <laughs> Well, you don't need a nickname if your name is Mike Valley. He's he's a really talented uh, coach. I think he used to work at Jackson's as well, and then he he started and did his own thing there. But he's he's really good, and he has the trust of his athletes. And like I said, he prepares them well. Yeah, I mean, shoot, look what I mean, Juliana. That was that was something else, man. It's strange when you seen Amanda not like she didn't get her out of there right away. She continued. Hey, listen, I, I, you can always judge somebody after the fact and. And whatnot, but like she just looked like she was even putting more juice into it to try to get her out of there. When then when she, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just basically recapping the fight. But uh, I don't know. I think you know a lot of people think that was just such. A, I mean, one of the biggest upsets ever, which it was. All right. Well, Megan, thank you. Um, that was fun talking about it with you. You're one of my favorite guests to come on and, and have an awesome holiday. Um, yeah. and and give Joseph our best, and uh, we'll definitely uh, talk to you early in the new year. Well, for sure. Thank you so much, guys. You're the best. I appreciate you having me here. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great holiday. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We are going to uh, wrap up. We have one more episode. Hopefully, let's hope we, uh, I believe our next episode, we're going to have Dean Thomas and Brennan Fitzgerald talk a little bit more about these things, highlights in the UFC. Uh, If you want to check me out, I am on sale in New Hampshire. I have two shows in Boston. I didn't realize I had two shows. The early one is just about sold out. And I also, that's February 17th, 18th, and 19th. 19th, I'm in Foxwoods in Connecticut. And Matt, how about your school? Hey, Jim, man, you want to buy a nice cameo, a Matt Sarah cameo. Wishing you a merry, merry, happy, happy, or or just a happy, happy, whatever else. You could do that at cameo, uh, whatever it is. Dot com. And, uh, you know, other than that, SarahBJJ.com. Get a nice Kimura Savage t-shirt. And Jimmy. Yes. I love you so much. I'll see you. I love you, buddy. All right. Yeah, that wraps up part one of our 2021 recap show. And uh, see you next time. For part two. Let's hope. I could have left that out. No, you you couldn't have. It's perfect. For 25 years. Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.